And so obviously after the giggling stopped, I really <laughs> thought about it. Uh, look, at the, at, at the end of the day, I'm a 14-year-old boy mentally. So yeah, yeah I giggled like a 14-year-old boy. Welcome to episode number 57 of the Promo Upfront Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Bill Petrie, with me as always, the Field General of Gaming, the Doctor of Digital Sustainability, the one and only Kirby Hossman. Kirby, how the yellow and gray are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm doing well. No, i uh really enjoying this uh, kind of crazy, busy summer. And, uh, I, you know, we've talked about that. We always like it when things are rocking and rolling. A year ago, we would have longed for this, the discussions we are having today. So I'm, I'm doing well. How are you, bud? Doing great. Just rocking and rolling. Things are, are moving forward. And it's, you know, kind of that time, you know, that, that time of year where we start uh, kind of starting into the fall, like what you're talking mm-hmm. about. It's not fall yet. It's still very hot outside. And fall makes me think of, of a lot of things. But one of them is is being recognized in those moments that uh, life comes down to those moments where you're recognized. You know what I'm talking about, Kirby? I do. I do. Those are, those are the things that, you know, I think get burned into your memory because they are, you, you know, know what I mean? They, they, they absolutely. Because really every, every life comes down to moments, Kirby. Mm. They define who we are and the impact we have on others. And when it comes to those professional moments, we have them personally and professionally. When though when it comes to those professional moments, there's something truly special about the moments where our work had a positive meeting, not only on the company we work for, but the entire organization, like all the people that work there. These are the moments where people recognize when you are at your best. You drew upon your your passion, your vision, your courage, your grit, your determination and resilience to accomplish something that maybe at the time seemed impossible. We've all been up against that. And these moments are why a focused employee recognition program is so critically important to a company's success. And frankly, it's just as important to find the right partner. And Kirby, I got to tell you, there is no more knowledgeable, capable, or flexible company than the good folks at J. Charles to help you navigate the oftentimes confusing world of employee recognition. Kirby, I I know you've accomplished accomplish so many great things professionally you really have you're, you're kind of an inspiration to me and that's that's a no bs what does it mean for you when you're recognized for elevating others mm, i think you know i think that there's no greater uh kind of reward uh than you know and no greater legacy you can leave to uh, elevate your employees elevate your team elevate your community um and so if you can sort of memorialize that and kind of have something that kind of lets you travel back in time. Um, Cause I, again, I think both of us, we try, you know, you try to do sort of the humble whatever, cause it's awkward sometimes, but when, sure. But when you are sincerely appreciated, sincerely recognized, I think there's just no better feeling. No, no question. When you, when you're recognized for that moment, there really is no better feeling. And I even have some statistics about okay. the benefits where employee, when employers are intentional architects, of their employees' pride. Companies with comprehensive recognition programs have a 31% lower turnover rate. That's wow. huge, yeah, especially that's right crazy. now. We've talked about the uh, the great resignation. You know, yeah. A lot of companies <laughs> right. looking for uh, new talent because they haven't retained their 
current talent. So this is right. a great way to retain. 69% of employees would work harder if they felt their efforts were better appreciated. And a whopping 90% of employees who receive recognition from their boss have high levels of trust in both the individual and yeah. the organization they work for. So I, I got to tell you, as we head into fall distributors, there is uh, th there's nothing hotter than the recognition arena. It's piping hot right now. And there's no better time to help your clients create moments for their employees that they serve. Love so it. your friends at J. Charles are ready, willing, and able to create an effective and meaningful recognition program to drive engagement and boost productivity. Because in the end, all we remember are those powerful moments. So head over to jcharles.com. That team over there is ready to help you and your company create those moments for their employees. You're not going to be sorry you did. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Kirby. This is the Promo Upfront Podcast, episode 57. Thank you for having the courage to podcast with me. You have the Upfront section of the podcast, and I believe you're going to talk about something promo. And I am giddy like a Girl Scout on Cookie Sunday. So let's get into it. <laughs> no, it, it, and we always talk about the, the different topics that kind of were all over the place. And the one that popped up to me was one that I'm really excited to talk about. It's a, it's a positive thing going on in the industry. And it's from our, our good pals at Promo Cares. Um, mm -hmm. Several of us uh, have gotten boxes that have kind of been a preview for their mm -hmm. Sleep for Good campaign. It's uh, uh, so if you, if, for those who don't know, I know you do, Bill, but um, Promo Care is a volunteer-driven industry group dedicated to uh, social and environmental responsibility. And so one of the things they're doing is they're introducing a Sleep for Good event planned for November 8th, 2021, the day after daylight savings time, which is Mm -hmm. super well thought out Absolutely. and uh it's it's the the goal of it is to raise awareness around the stigma not only of mental health which we have tried to discuss on this podcast in the past um mm -hmm. but also its connection to sleep and sleep deprivation and i absolutely am excited about it because a you know the people involved are just good folks i mean they are oh, sure. well thought out they are super smart um, but I also love that they are building this campaign around branded merchandise. It's like, no, I think sometimes too. in our industry, we, we lose sight of the fact that we have a superpower <laughs> and we don't always use it. And so I think, um, what they're doing is, is really, really cool. And I just wanted to give them a shout out and I kind of wanted to give you a little forum to say, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, <laughs> I agree. No, uh, I, I got a box too. I'm actually sporting my Promo Cares embroidered patch. I just put it on my shirt. Kirby's holding up the box. Um, I actually spoke with a couple of the board members uh, yeah, last couple of days about this. And, and uh, you know, full disclosure, I, I was a founding board member of Promo Cares. And so I'm still very attached to the good work that they do. And, and this is a really interesting thing that they're doing. You mentioned it's a tie into mental health and the importance and the correlation of getting a good night's sleep and um, making sure you are mentally healthy. It's a really cool cause. Um, you know, they're, they're doing kind of a drip campaign with the box uh, sent to uh, people in the industry. Um, and and I got, got a little pat on the back that uh, the Brandvocate week that we did last year was kind of an inspiration for the box of goodies and how they're going to roll it out. So that made me feel really good. And, and uh, Kelsey as well, talked to her about it. It's a really cool thing that they're doing because I don't think we put enough emphasis on the importance of sleep and how it impacts moods. Now, I have teenage boys, so trust me, I know how it impacts moods <laughs> big time. Um, but I think it's a really cool thing that they're doing. And uh, you'll see social media interaction over the next few weeks as the campaign uh, rolls out in the manner in which they requested. And I just think it's a really cool thing. And like you said, super thoughtful that it's the day after daylight savings time uh, yeah, where we're sweet. all kind of, even though it's fall back, 
Yeah. It always throws my body clock off in a big, bad way, whether it's spring forward or fall back. Uh, we need to have an entire podcast about the silliness of daylight savings oh, time at some point. Hundred um, percent. The good folks <laughs> in Arizona don't have to deal with it. They're yeah. smart. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's a great campaign, and and I love as always. Let's tie it into promo using promo to promote something. Right? Yeah. We don't do that enough in our industry, and so whenever we can do that, I think it's great. So that's why I'm going to wear my promo cares patch for the remainder of this podcast. I love that, and just to sorry, I'll put it on the back of my laptop. Oh, look at you! Yeah, so awesome. I'm awesome, in as well. Awesome. Well, cool. All right, Kirby. Um, I've got a couple here. It looks, I think we're going to do a lot of quick topics. Today. I love it's kind it. of what Let's it seems like. Um, I don't know if you saw this in the promotional products professionals, Facebook group page, Kirby, um, uh, always rife with interesting topics. This one is very interesting. A client was looking for, uh, how do I put this? Some, uh, uh, let's call it an RFPD. Do you know what an RFPD is Kirby? I don't. Rigid female pleasure device. That's right. They were looking for adult toys that they could put a client's logo on. Now, to be clear, Kirby, the client was or is in the adult industry, but they're not kidding. They're looking for things that might be battery operated, that might shake at different levels, depending on how it's used. Uh Um, I I thought it was interesting because it's the first time I've seen a request like that. And so obviously after the giggling stopped, I really <laughs> thought about it. Uh, look, at the, at, at the end of the day, I'm a 14-year-old boy mentally. So yeah, yeah I giggled like a 14-year-old boy. Yeah. But after the giggling stopped, I thought, you know, interesting. I do think as adult entertainment has become more mainstream over sure. the past 10, 15 years, you're going to see more and more requests like this. Um, you know, I'm not sure if, uh, you know, with, I don't think you've had any requests for it, but how would you feel if a client approached you about some sort of adult, uh, product that, uh, you haven't had to source before? How would that, would you be okay doing that as a distributor? Or how would you approach that? Um, yeah. B- yeah. Besides carefully, like yeah. you're approaching the conversation. Yeah, no, I, I think I, you know, I, I have long, couple things. Number one, I actually uh, had a, I have a friend in, and I say a friend, I, I met him a couple of times, uh, lives in California. He, his uh, distributorship, yeah. they sell to uh, the adult film industry. When we, when we were at Halo. Yes. That's, I don't know if, that's okay, the, the person you're So yes, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. His, his, um, and so I yes. had a chance to kind of chat with him about what, what were they purchasing and what, like, and just, and wasn't trying to be, wasn't, wasn't being a 14 year old boy. I was much like, okay. No. And so I had some great conversations with, with him about that. Mm -hmm. The idea that they would want an item like that is, is not surprising. I mean, there's a little bit of shock and awe, but I mean, it's consistent with their brand. And to answer your question, no, I'd I'd have no problem with it. If I'm just being honest, I I don't uh, perceive myself as the morality police. I, you know, I believe I'm in business to help my clients in whatever business they're in. Now, again, I totally, there are people who have sort of morality clauses within their uh, organization. And if that's what you're about, cool. We're not. Um, So um, I would say I would be totally good with that. And because I I remember this being a discussion five, 10 years ago, and they would be like, oh, would you put curse? Would you sell an order where there was a cuss right. word on a t-shirt? And my answer was, hell yes. Yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely. I, 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 again, I'm assuming they're not handing it out of preschool. Like, so right. I, for me, I never fancy myself the morality police. And if that makes sense for the business, that item or something like that is, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm down. 
couldn't agree more. I'd be the same way if I were in your position. I think it's, you know, again, so I'm bringing the person we're talking to. And I've been at a trade show where it was an end user trade show where the person that Kirby and I talked about does sell almost exclusively into the adult industry on the West Coast. And the it was an end user show. So the end users who were there were adult entertainers. And it was yeah. certainly fascinating, but I would have, I've had the same thoughtful conversation. Hey, it's just the industry you serve. Yeah. It's really no different than the medical profession or insurance or anything like that in terms of they buy things to promote their business. So why wouldn't you sell them something like that? Right. I think the one thing everybody should be thoughtful of though, is to make sure it's decorated for her pleasure. So beyond <laughs> that, Kirby, what's our next topic? Yeah, you definitely don't want it to rub off. Um, I'm going to go with, um, I read a study recently, and I say study, I just read an article that said the headline was Americans are very willing to take pay cuts to never have to go into the office again. Okay. Um, essentially, it said a new survey that said that Mer many Americans said they'd be willing to take reduced salaries, give up days off, or put in more hours for a job that offers a fully remote option. I, wow. I, I, we've had, we've had sort of an evolving conversation around this. We talked about mm -hmm. it with Dale Denham. We talked about it, um, you know, right. and hiring practices and whether we had a conversation not an hour ago with somebody said, I love working from home. Um, right. So I'm kind of curious to see what your take is. I mean, you know, my take, I like having an office to go to, but I don't mm -hmm. think I'm surprised that some workers are like, no, I want to be home forever. I think a, it comes down does that to surprise you? And B, do you think it's good? Sorry. Um, a, no, no, no. A, no, doesn't surprise me. And B, I think it's fine. I think the whole discussion around working from home, the more conversations I have about it, the more I'm realizing it's truly circumstantial. Yeah. It really is yeah. for 95%. Now there is the 5% that absolutely, I have to work in an office because I just can't work at home. Yeah. And then there's also the 5% that says, I have to work at home. I can't work in an office. Let's leave those folks out of it. The rest of the 95% of it, of people, when you really distill it down, it's circumstantial. People with small kids, family members that drop by, dogs, big time living distractions at home. Right. They want to go back to the office. Right. You know, I did when, when, when yeah. the pandemic first hit, you know, my kids were at home, they're learning remotely. <laughs> my wife was here working, working remotely. It was, it was very difficult to get things done. It's one of the that reasons summer is traditionally a challenging time for me when I'm working from home because yeah. everybody's home. Right. And it's nobody's fault. It's just proximity. And so I think it really depends on your circumstances. We're a week away from being empty nesters. So, uh, I'm great working at home right now. It's <laughs> yeah. fine. It's perfect. It's fabulous. If I had small kids, no, it wouldn't be. But there's right. sometimes with the dog, it's difficult because she's still a big puppy that needs attention at times. So right. I do think it's circumstantial. I think though that employees are willing to take reduced benefits because they feel so strongly about working from home. I think it's great. I think the only thing I would say about it is that I think companies should absolutely embrace that but make sure that everybody's on the same page in terms of what does productivity look like? Because one of the conversations mm. that don't doesn't occur enough, often enough with this topic is people are productive at their own rate and time. That's why mm. eight to five really just generally doesn't work, especially mm. if you're in a creative industry. You're creative when you're creative. When you write a blog, you can, it's very difficult, Kirby, to sit down and say, I must write blog. 
as yeah. opposed to, Ooh, that occurred to me. I'm going to write about that. Yeah. It could be the same exact topic, but if you're not inspired, mm-hmm. it's not going to happen as easily. And that inspiration may come between eight and five. Mm-hmm. It may also come at 1130 at night. And right. so I think companies and employees need to have a discussion and honest one about timelines, deliverables, when they're due, and does it really matter when people work as long as the work's being done? I would say it does not. Yeah, I think it's, it really is. I, I think it's a fascinating topic. I think the other thing that you can prime yourself, right, for those things, like you, you kind of said, like there are times when I write and there are places mm-hmm. where I write. And mm-hmm. sort of psychological studies will tell you that, that like when, when you do something habitually in a place, it becomes mm-hmm. the place that your, your mind will go, Correct. okay, I'm sitting down, uh, WordPress is open, it's time for me to write this blog. That's, and, and I find that I am that kind of person. Like mm-hmm. if, I, if I start writing a blog and I'm in WordPress and I'm sitting where I sit, I'm gonna work, I'm, I'll come up with it, right? Right. If I, like, there are a lot of people who say, well, I, I work best in a coffee shop that's a hell no for me like that i i i cannot focus in those situations so i think that's part of it too is understanding yourself to say your circadian Mm -hmm. rhythm your like my wife people always like um you know i'm i'm sort of a early bird amy will do more work (laughs) during the day from 9 to 11 30 p.m i'm already asleep and she that but that's when she's hyper focused and i think we need to and that's where the remote and understanding eight to five isn't always the thing. If that, I guess that- it's just having that conversation because yeah. I do find times where, regardless of where I'm sitting, I fight with a blog. Right, I have something right, right. that can't quite get what I say. But so I think if you have those honest conversations with your employer or employer to employee, let's focus on the work being done and not when people are working. I think it's time to get away from that. That's a totally different subject entirely, but it, it kind of does feed into what you're talking about. Yeah, it does. And I, again, I think it depends on, and I guess the final thing I'd say is it depends on the yeah. kind of work, right? Mm-hmm. Because if it's a manufacturing, if it's a production piece where people need mm-hmm. to be together, then sometimes it does matter a little bit, but I think yeah. from a from a sort of a, white collar or whatever you want to call it kind of style yeah. work where people are kind of working on their own. I, I, again, the only, again, I'm, I'm, I keep saying it's the last thing and I'm, it's not, no, it's all good. I still struggle. You know, we have this conversation about mental health and mm-hmm. I think that for some people, there's a lot of value in coming to a place where you have a positive energy, Absolutely. where you, and again, they, what's that Jim Rohn has said that you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Mm-hmm. I think for some people, being like, we aren't meant to do life alone. Right. And so how do you get that kind of uh, relationship? communication? I I agree. Those accidental collisions that happen in an office environment, we're going to have to figure out how that works for people who are 100% remote. I I miss that. I still miss that. Um, Also, I'm 51. And and so I have, I can adapt a little differently than someone who might be 25 or 26 in an office and those accidental collisions help in the learning process. It's that osmosis that naturally happens when you have people together that is not so natural. It has to really be well thought out in a digital remote Mm -hmm. environment. So it's an evolving, fascinating conversation. Um, And and it does lead into that mental health thing we talked about last week. Not that either one of us are experts in that field, but, you know, sometimes being alone does impact people negatively. So 
I well, again, I think studies point. will tell you that, that that did happen over the course oh, of yeah. the past 12 to 18 months, right? That, oh, no that question. Anxiety was up and depression was up. Suicide rates were up. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think that, you know, being completely isolated, isolated. Play, played a part in that. So again, like you said, I don't pretend to be an expert, but I, it, yeah. I in a lot of things, you just look at the math and go, eh, and I'm not sure if it's long-term, it's the best, but I yeah. know that there are organizations out there who are doing great with it. So no question. Yeah. Again, you know, just like I always say, 95% of the issues in the world come down to communication. Employers and employees communicate and communicate expectations, communicate wants and needs and figure it out. Okay, Kirby, I know how much you love McDonald's. <laughs> I had McDonald's today. Did you? <laughs> I did. All right. Really. Then th this is absolutely serendipitous. Okay. So I don't know if you've seen this. McDonald's Australia canceled a, a giveaway they were doing. They well, you're familiar with uh, the Sony PlayStation. Mm -hmm. They're on their fifth iter iteration, the PlayStation Five. Very difficult to get still. Okay. Um, but uh, McDonald's Australia has canceled their branded PlayStation Five controller giveaway. Now, it was people were super excited about this. Um, it was red and yellow and had the McDonald's logo on it with a burger and fries it was it was almost horrible in its awesomeness because it was right. just so colorful yeah. well they canceled it because sony denied the product ever existed and i wanted to ask you about this yes it wasn't so it was basically huh? a concept <laughs> yes it was basically a concept from mcdonald's australia celebrating their 50th year of being in australia and uh but it was a concept that wasn't supposed to be seen uh sony says mcdonald's never even approached them with the idea. And Sony said, quote, Sony PlayStation has not authorized the use of its controller in promotional materials. Now, like I said, the design was an internal concept that never left the planning phase and was accidentally released to the media. So McDonald's Australia said the image was to provide, uh, the, the image was provided to the media in error, and there's no commercial relationship between McDonald's Australia and Sony PlayStation. Now, this went viral on social in Australia because okay. people want this thing now. It's collectible. Yeah. Is this a genius attempt by McDonald's to force a partnership because now people are demanding it? So you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the Deadpool trailer that accidentally mm -hmm. got leaked. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, the, the movie got yep. made. Uh, right. Obviously, I have no idea uh, whether or not either. this was, a, was a, a purposeful thing. But man... If it was, that's because because to me, when you said we like Sony had no idea that they mm -hmm. were doing this, I was like, really? They just photoshopped this? Like, I, my guess is that this was fairly well down the road that there were conceptions out there, and then mm -hmm. Sony or McDonald's pissed one another off, and then mm -hmm. then it it went away, and some some executives like screw or you, buddy, we're gonna put it out. Or it's a genius move by both of them where yeah. it's a small enough ecosystem where you could probably keep a secret yeah. and you kind of release it accidentally and see what kind of demand there is before you really mm. ramp up production on this. I don't know. I'm not a generally conspiracy theory guy, yeah. but this one smells like a conspiracy to me. And so uh, McDonald's Australia, kudos to you. <laughs> All right. Do, do we want to go another one or are we, are we good? Uh, yeah, I, I can do one quick one. Quick about one. This. Quick so one. Super quick. So I uh, read quick. Uh, this is one I've been meaning to bring up for weeks, which is why I'm saying this. So it's the title is bachelor's degree bias hurts us. So, okay. So it says two thirds of Americans don't possess a college degree. I, that was a statistic. Yeah. I thought that was pretty high. So two thirds don't possess a college degree yet. Almost three quarters of jobs created from 2007 to 2006 require mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. 
And so essentially they're calling it college de degree discrimination offer often for jobs that don't really re re rely on higher education. It's because essentially employers have cut and paste pasted, mm -hmm. uh, you know, job requirements and put them into the thing without being really thoughtful. And I think it's harmful or th th they are pos positioning that it's harmful because then people don't apply for jobs because they don't think they're qualified. And so I guess my question is to you, is this a real thing? And does it matter? 100% a real thing. 100%. Um, I, I have a, a Bachelor of Arts in communications. Other than yakking it up with you and knowing how to communicate with people, I use nothing I learned in college other than my interpersonal relationships of living with people and being in situations and growing up and being an adult. And I'd say most people who have their undergraduate, unless it's in a specialized area, engineering, speech pathology, yeah, sure. med, you know, pre-med, pre-law, those type of things, most of us don't really need the academic part of our college education. We need the growing up part of the college education. And so, you know, this is a very interesting co a topic considering I'm sending my kids off to college and, sure. and starting in 72 hours or so yeah. as we record this. So I don't think it matters as much. I think it shows though you can start and finish something. And I think that's mm -hmm. important. But I do think you, people really, employers really need to think, do we need a bachelor's degree or is it preferred because you change that one word and it opens you up to a lot of people who say i didn't get my bachelor's degree but i want a shot at that job because i know i can do it and i think employers are missing out on talent because totally. they're they're so i 100 think it's a thing so i it's funny i for it hearing you say that was really interesting because i was really trying to listen intently the idea i have long said Having a college degree says that you can put up with four or five years of bullshit and say that you get through it and you get a piece of paper, blah, blah, blah. And so I've said that as well. I think what you said makes sense to a degree, but doesn't showing up for work for two straight years show the same damn thing, but only much more. I think it shows more determination because a lot of times if you're showing up for work that isn't based on a bachelor's degree, you're working hard, you're doing labor. You don't like, like to me, that shows that same thing. I have been able to go to work for two years and finish something. And I keep going. Like if that's really what we're valuing a college degree on, we're paying a little too much for it. I, I'm not going to disagree with you there, but I'm not going to wholeheartedly agree. And, and the reason is I think everybody evolves. I'm not, I'm right. 51 and, and I'm not the same person I was at 47 that I'm at 51, that same four-year period. I'm moderately different. I was radically different from 18 to 22, radically different in terms of my maturity, sure. radically different in terms of understanding how the world works. So there is that aspect of it um, where I think there's a maturity level in a lot of jobs that need, need that when you, a lot of jobs don't require autonomy or I'm sorry, they do require autonomy, that if you haven't had an opportunity to live autonomously, mm -hmm. to go to class autonomously and, and make decisions, take actions and inactions that have impact on your life, I don't think you're quite ready. So I think there's a maturity and seasoning that college helps with. I don't necessarily think you need a degree or just maybe it's just living on your own. I mean, that's, back that's to what that, I said was, earlier. Yeah. It's the, the, the real education in college is learning to coexist with your roommate who you may not know. Yeah. It's dealing with a very unfair professor because you're going to have unfair bosses. In, sure. in, and it's, so it's things like that that are far more valuable in the grand scheme of life. Yeah. And, and again, 
knowing that you're taking you're taking your boys to school in the next yeah. 72 hours please know i'm not trying to shit on the college experience no. but what i would say is every single one of those can be got gotten through real life and no and, question yeah so so like if if i move at 18 to chicago from kashokton and i have to find an apartment and i have to like it, i will be vastly different Absolutely. at 22 if i do that for four years too from it's from just- that similar thing no question. College is just kind of a ready-made ecosystem for that transition. It's safer. It's as opposed to creating it yeah. for yourself. Look, I'm a big advocate of, I think every high school student should take a gap year between high school and whatever they do after high school. Yeah. You know, we, we tend to do things as a society because that's what's supposed to be right. done. Totally. We totally. need to give more thought to it one way or the other. Okay, college. Speaking of college, Kirby, <laughs> let's get to the party in the back section of this fabulous little <laughs> is podcast. Is it seriously about college? Because that'd be fun. It, it is. <laughs> That's hilarious. Is. So we're going to pick, I want you, this is an either or situation, kind of a rapid fire. I want you to pick the college mascot you really like better. So these are some wacky college mascots. Okay. These are actual real 100% American made college mascots. <laughs> One or the other Kirby, as always, absolutely. There's wrong answers. Okay. All right. <laughs> Let's start off with an easy one. Okay. Michigan Wolverines or Ohio State Buckeyes? Uh, the Buckeyes, for sure. Okay. Four days. What is a, a Buckeye, Buckeyes? A stupid, really dumb name, by the way. It really is. Okay. A Wolverine would eat a Buckeye any day of the week. Well, they're poison, um, so it would die. That's a good point. <laughs> uh, Texas A&M Maggies or University of Texas Longhorns? Uh, definitely Longhorns now. How dare you, sir? <laughs> How dare you? All right. Here are the funny ones. Okay. Uh, TCU Horn Frogs, which yeah. I always think is that's always been a breaker name for me, or the Stanford Tree. <laughs> the Horn Frogs. All, all right. The Wichita State Shockers yes. or the University of Missouri, uh, a University of Missouri at Kansas City Kangaroos. The Shockers I, or the Kangaroos? Yeah. I, I, I'm going to get away from the 14 year old boy and go Kangaroos. Thank you very much. The uh, University of Idaho Vandals. Or the Presbyterian College Blue Hose. <laughs> the two most honest college mascots ever, right? Uh, I'm going Blue Hose for sure. Excellent. This is one close to you. The University of Akron Zips. Yep, Zips. Or yep. the Campbell University Fighting Camels. <laughs> Just because it's close, I'll go to the Zips. All right. The Whittier College Poets or the Stetson University Hatters. <laughs> Those are terrible. Uh, I'll go Hatters. All right. I know you're getting hungry. It's getting close to dinner time as we record this for you, Kirby. The Delta State Fighting Okra or the <laughs> University of North Carolina School of Arts Fighting Pickles. Okay. Fighting Pickles all day. I'm not naming anything after okra. Okay. Okay. Hey, fried okra is good with some barbecue, sir. <laughs> That's all right. A no for me, dog. <laughs> the University of Arkansas Monticello Bull Weevils or the wow. University of California at Santa Cruz Banana Slugs. <laughs> Those are both good. I'm going to go banana slugs. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Just a couple more, Kirby. Evergreen State College Geoducks. What the hell is a geoduck? Oh, actually, I pronounce gooey ducks, but I always say geoducks. Okay. So the Evergreen State College Gooey Ducks, which like is a giant thing. clam, Northeast. Okay. Uh, sorry, Northwest. Or Scottsdale Community College Fighting Artichokes. Oh, yeah. I'm going gooey ducks. It's funny how you change the pronunciation totally different. Gooey duck. All right. This is, this is a tough one. The University of California at Irvine Anteaters, their, their, uh, their motto is give them tongue, or the <laughs> South Carolina. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> go ahead. Aardvarks. Whatever. Or the South Carolina Gamecocks. Go Cox. So what do you say, Kirby Tongue or Cox? <laughs> oh, this is really, this has been a, this has been an epic one. Uh, I'm going to go give them tongue. All right. The most difficult one on here, the Mississippi State Bulldogs or the Alabama Crimson Tide. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Um, yeah, I'm going to go Bulldogs for a mascot for wow. sure. Yeah. So you're, I, you're hating on my son, Mitch. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Very interesting. Very interesting. Well, you know, what no, really, I don't like hate. anybody in the SEC, so it's fine. <laughs> you know what? Nobody will hate though, Kirby. What's that though? That's being recognized for those moments when they've completely not only done a great job themselves, but their efforts have uplifted an entire organization and like are good pals today. over like us today. <laughs> our good pals at Jay Charles are absolutely the most prolific, the best company in our industry to really help you navigate those sometimes odd waters of employee recognition that's going to help you recognize those moments, those moments we look back on and we cherish. We've talked about it before and we've talked about Jay Charles. They create these beautiful, beautiful pieces of, of really art that are more than anything else, they're a time machine, right? They yeah. take you back to that time when you're totally. recognized for, for those efforts. So you want to learn more and why wouldn't you, you really need to? Because I'll tell you, there's no hotter um, uh, section of the promotional products industry right now than employee recognition. We talked about uh, employers and employees earlier in the podcast. It's really, it's piping hot. So now Mr. and Mrs. Distributor is the time to get with your clients and talk about employee recognition programs. Get in touch with your folks at J. Charles. Head over to jcharles.com. You're not going to be sorry you did, and they'll help you get going on that. Kirby, I want to thank you for having the courage to podcast with me today. It was, a, it was an interesting one. It was a fun one. Yeah, absolutely. Always, always excited to give them some time. Go Cox. <laughs>